Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio on WGR. The Bills win in Kansas City for the third year in a row, by the way, and keep their playoff hopes not just alive. They would have been alive even if they'd lost, but um, they're pretty real after what's been, of course, a difficult season. A lot of the conversation today here and all over the NFL has been about the flag on Kadarius Toney, which canceled their possible winning touchdown, and also how the Chiefs have reacted to it, namely Patrick Mahomes and also Andy Reid uh, complaining about a seemingly correct call being made. Like, kind of an interesting take. Uh, Sal Capaccio with us on the West Her Hotline. Sal, assuming you've had, I mean, you were on the air already, of course, some chance to digest like the discourse here on WGR around the league. What do you think of it? Yeah, I've been part of the discourse, I think, today because I've been kind of like checking it out and giving comments. I gave commentary on the show today. I just – I think it's embarrassing for the Kansas City Chiefs organization. I really do. I I have a lot of respect for Andy Reid. Uh, you know, he's one of the greatest coaches this league has ever seen. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes is upset. He's very emotional. I think it's embarrassing for him. I'll get into him in a second. But more so to me, like Andy Reid, you're the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, man. Like, your team takes cues off you. You're the leader. And for him to come out post game and talk the way he did even, I just, I'm really disappointed that that happened. You know, last week, Sean McDermott was asked to comment on the officiating for the Bills game against the Eagles. And he said, no comment. Bills fans wanted him to. Oh, come on. What are you going to do? Get the fine, the fine. Well, this is why you don't. You know, because it's embarrassing, because it looks like you're a sore loser and a baby. That's what he looks like today. That's what they look like today. And then Patrick Mahomes, I, I get you're upset. I totally get it. We'd be upset if this was happening. I know that, right? But to treat Josh Allen, like that moment with Josh Allen, yeah. I should say, the way he did at midfield is, I think, completely disrespectful. It's embarrassing. And he looks like, I think you said childish or child earlier, Bulldog. I think that's right. I mean, you go back to when Josh Allen lost with 13 seconds left. It wasn't an officiating, but he lost, he left the field with the lead, and the defense gave it up. He didn't turn to Patrick Mahomes and say, man, I can't believe I didn't get the ball in overtime. He didn't say anything right. like that. Right. He tapped right. him on the head saying, stay healthy, good luck, and he went in the locker room. And that's how you're supposed to treat that situation, you know, it, it, in, in any walk of life, but especially in professional sports. Yeah, I, I just sort of stumbled into a guess at Reed here. Um maybe reacting and speaking like he he did so harshly because he knew Mahomes was going to. 
Mahomes was running hot, and maybe mm-hmm. Reed wanted to support his quarterback. So in that way, Mahomes is really the tone setter and the leader of the organization, at least in this as it pertains to that play, if I'm, and that's only a guess. I mean, right. I don't know. Reed, Reed might have been really mad anyway, but um, uh, I, I felt like it, it would make sense to me if he wanted to look like he was aligned with Mahomes. Yeah, listen, and that's very well probably true, and it could it could be as far as the actual play, as far as the mechanics of it, and what it is. I just the wildest thing to me is the Chiefs are not even complaining that there's a like there. This is not a judgment call, right? Well, it shouldn't have been called pass interference, something like that. The Chiefs are literally saying, yeah, we know it's a penalty, but, you know, two minutes left. I mean, what? It's a penalty. Like, you're admitting it's a penalty, and you're still complaining right. that it was called. And then if you watch all the videos, you see the discourse surrounding it. Okay, so I played wide receiver. You're taught at a very, very young age. You're taught in Pop Warner. And Mahomes said this. It's elementary school. You're taught in elementary school. When you get up to the line, because you're so far away from the line, and look, I know people say, well, you should know where the line is. Yes, that's right, but there's a, there's a crown on the field. You're a little bit far away. Sometimes the angle where you're standing, you're taught to look at the referee, put your hand up and say, I'm on. That's what you say. I'm on. Am I good? Something like that. A lot mm-hmm. of times at the lower levels, the official literally puts his foot out and says, line up with me. That's to help out some of the younger guys. Look, as you get older, that's not going to happen as much. Referees are watching a lot of different things. He does – point to the referee slightly there's a video out now he mm-hmm. points to him slightly as he's walking and never checks with him he just kind of tells him hey i'm on or whatever he says i don't even know what he's yeah, doing yeah. Right. but he certainly doesn't get any confirmation from the official it's a, that he's on the line of scrimmage it's a habit maybe right it's just something right. you would do you'd sort of look to the side yeah. look at the official and sort of put your arm out but you're not necessarily waiting for him to to say anything you're just this sort of doing it that i've just started seeing today making the rounds of, of them breaking the huddle and tony looking like he's getting the attention of, of the, that official. Yeah, he, he waves at the guy, but then turns his head immediately away yep. from him and lines up. So it, I, I wonder if maybe he, if he doesn't call attention to himself in the first place, whether the official even notices that he's lined up offsides. But he went out there and like, hey, look at me, and then lined up offside, never looked again, and then the ref just went like, yeah, okay, dude, you're offsides. <laughs> That's right. And look, you guys had a really good uh, caller earlier, uh, a coach from Grand Island, and I thought he made a great point. Uh, but but he, he said the reason you do it really is to let them know. They're trying to make sure that they have enough guys in the backfield. You can't – that you're not – hey, I'm the guy covering up the tackle. I'm on the line. You, that's why you say – I said you look at him and you say, I'm on or I'm good. And, and if you play a certain position, you're normally the split end, they generally know you're the guy on the line of scrimmage. It just kind of happens with the flow of the game that you're not the slot receiver. But I, but also it is to make sure that you're not over the line necessarily. But if you don't give the referee a chance to tell you, then right. what are you supposed to do? That's on you. That, that ref threw that flag with gusto, by the way, like to, to Bulldog's <laughs> theory that, you know what, if you're just going to not, you know, you're not going to listen to me, fine, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get you. Well, the Chiefs then uh, have three plays but can't move the ball and the Bills get it. A lot of today, as we're talking about even here, has been analyzing how it ended. But the Bills, you know, defensively and offensively well enough, did a good job in this game. What are a couple things for you that were maybe especially impressive? Well, I think that the Bills came out of the game or came into the game with a great game plan to use James Cook. And, you know, he had a heck of a first half, right? I mean, um, the Chiefs started taking him away. They made some nice adjustments in the second half. Um, But I thought the Bills did a really good job of, you know, knowing that they wanted to use him uh, in, in that situation. 
Um, I thought the Bills did a good job of just kind of making the Chiefs have to work the field. This is a Chiefs offense. We've talked a lot about it. They've been like the Bills this year, really. They're, you know, when the Bills were going through their struggles for six games, it's be patient, be patient. They're going to make a mistake. That's what the Bills did. They, they forced the Chiefs to work, make a mistake. The Chiefs just don't have an offense to really threaten you downfield. And eventually they made a couple mistakes. The very first drive, A.J. Vanessa, you know, bats it up, gets the interception. Later on, Rasheed Rice, you know, with the fumble. You make them work long enough, you're going to get them into a mistake. So I think those were the things that were impressive. And then, of course, I don't think Josh Allen had a great day statistically, but it was off script, the stuff that he did. It was typical Josh Allen being Superman on those plays where you had to have a play. The, the play he threw to Latavius Murray, guys, you've probably seen the back, the photo right behind where he was almost. I, yeah. I mean, that's where I was standing, right where that photo was taking right around there. I must have been near that photographer. I mean, I, I could not believe he didn't go out of bounds. It was truly one of the most impressive plays I've ever seen with a quarterback that close and still being able to get rid of the ball with that angle to get it to his receiver. Allen has many of his own signature moments, and that that goes on the list. That's kind of like a Mahomes play where he's, yeah. he sort of turns, contorts mm-hmm. a little bit and throws, I'm, I'm not sure about sidearm, but gets the ball out. Keep, just really, a, really good. He, he had a sidearm one earlier in the game, too. Uh, as well, yeah, the, like the to, fourth down, to, was it the to, fourth kin, down one? to Kincaid. Yeah, Kincaid had to make a diving catch on it, and he got it underneath uh, an oncoming defender's arm. The the crazy thing about that play at the sideline, Sal, is like I I'm still I'm almost well I'm pretty sure it wasn't actually a catch. I mean I know what they ruled it, but I didn't think Murray right. ever had that ball put away. So I don't. They're counting steps, but the ball's moving the whole time. Like I don't know what the hell, but you know, well I mean the Bills got a break there. I, I think. Uh, in and, they, and, and look, but they had two in a row there that were close. I think the Kelsey one was close. You could make an argument yep. that, you know, he didn't complete that catch. And the Bills, you know, they gave that to Kelsey. The Bills wind up getting his, uh, the one to Murray. So, you know, there's all, as we all know, there's, there's a lot of these plays throughout a game that can kind of go either way. The Bills get the illegal contact late in the game as well. Uh, that's something that they've been called for before. One other play I want to bring up, uh, because I got a chance to, to see Joe Brady and Josh after the game a little bit and ask him about this. The, um, the seam throw to James Cook for the first touchdown. I mean, I'm thinking, okay, is this something Josh saw at the line of scrimmage? Um, Joe Brady credited Josh. Josh credited Joe Brady. And the reason is because Joe Brady called. This was a called play. This wasn't at the line. They called a play that had the motion coming and Cook going down the seam. Josh basically told me he was surprised, though, that they went cover zero. But it just so happened to be the exact perfect coverage to get it because once they go cover zero, the safety goes with motion. Now there's nobody there. They didn't expect cover zero. He was not going to be the primary receiver, basically, James Cook. Once Josh said, oh, my God, it's cover zero, it made it an easy throw, which is a great call against that perfect defense. Of course, as last week played out, we were talking all the time, Thursday, Friday, after Tyler Dunn's essays on McDermott and what he wrote about the coach and just like what is going on in there what are the feelings where are we at McDermott Sal uh, could not suppress the smiles uh, last night I don't think I've ever seen him look happier than he looked you know well anywhere but on the field uh, than he than he did last night would you agree and what are some things that you sort of took away from uh, conversations you had or whatever about McDermott's you know 72 hours here culminating in that win it was very, very real how much it bothered him and weighed on him and hurt him. Very real. And he even said that, like, to the point where he couldn't fully have his kind of eyes on the film every second like he normally would. And he even said the coaches kind of picked up the slack. Like, this was something that really hurt him. And everyone around the building knew it. 
They saw it. I know that there was a lot of support going on around the building. People who tell me that they don't have regular contact with Sean even were reaching out to kind of show his support. And I think that went a long way, went a long way with Sean McDermott from that side. Then you get to the players. And every single player that I had a microphone on in the locker room said something to the effect of, we have Sean's back and he has ours. Something to that effect. Now, you had different levels of what they felt it, it mattered leading up to the game where Saran Neal said it was a distraction. He used that word. He said it was just something we had to overcome. It was a distraction. Jordan Poyer felt differently. He said it wasn't a distraction because we don't pay attention to that. And, you know, that people can write what they want, but we have our coaches back. And it's not going to be something that we're going to think about. It was flush. It was under the rug. We're done. Like, he met with us. That was it. Um, Taron Johnson said they played with a chip on their shoulder. That's what he said. But every one of them said the same thing in some way, shape, or form, which is we have our coaches back as ours. And most of them talked about how high of a character person he is and how they believe that, you know, he was painted in a very poor light, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, and Josh talked about that as well. I, I, I sense the relief. This team, this organization, if, this, if they don't win that game, the conversation is way different today. Because the, because the game went the way it did, it allows for all of that to come out and people to, you know, express that even further. But it was a very, very real thing emotionally. Yeah, I, I, I shudder to think what today sounds like and feels like if Tony does not have his foot offsides on that play. I mean, the Bills still would have had a chance to come back and, and win the game themselves with a minute 20 and a couple of timeouts, I think. But still, holy cow, it would have been following the script of this year with these disappointing, you know, take the lead after the two-minute warning and you can't find a way to get the game into the garage. Yeah, that's right. And look, there's no there, there's an assumption from some people that, you know, the – that, that game, I mean, Patrick Mahomes said it changed the outcome. Now, he did also say something about, you know, there, there, he mentioned, you know, Josh on the other side of the field and all that. But Josh Allen, it's funny, Josh was asked about it, and he basically said he didn't know that there was going to be a penalty on them. He was getting ready to go score. Let's go score a touchdown. You never know. That could have happened as well. But you're right. I mean, the other thing that came out of the locker room was for the defense to be on the field in that situation at the end of the game to close it out after how many times this year they weren't able to do that. Um, you know, and it went the other way was was a big deal. Yeah, and they did they, look. They got burned on that play, and and it could have really stung them. But of course, it got undone by the penalty. Second right. down, third down, fourth down. They did a great job. I mean, they harassed Mahomes and affected him. And like you know, even after that penalty, I obviously as a fan was relieved. The Bills aren't losing right now, but I still was assuming Kansas City's going to get 15 yards and kick a field goal here. That's a great point, Bulldog. Let me tell you something. Listening to other people there, I mean, um, James Palmer was there, Jeff Darlington. Like, you know, it was, just, it was the talk after the game. And, by the way, on a side note, like Jeff Darlington said to me, I, didn't, I, didn't, I had no idea what was going on post-game with Mahomes and Reed. Like, when I went into the post-game presser, I had no idea all that stuff was happening. Darlington alerted me to that. He said, he said yeah, I said, hey, man, great game. How are these two teams all the time? And he goes, yeah, but basically the story now is Patrick Mahomes. I said, what are you talking about? And he said, you know, how they were reacting. And he said, you know, th- he, he went off on the officials, Andy Reid. I said, really? He said, this is going to be the dominant headline. And that's related to the fact of what you just said. Listen, that, that penalty, it, you always hear people say, don't let something beat you twice. It beat them three times. They right. were so caught up, the Chiefs, I think, in that penalty call and Mahomes going nuts. I don't think they played their best football the next three plays. And that allowed the Buffalo Bills to play their best football and make it even harder on them because you're right. 
I mean, they only needed a 25-yard still anyway to get in field goal range. They had plenty of time. They had three plays, and nothing happened. And I'm telling you, I think what happened on that play mm-hmm. was still in their heads for the next three plays. It, it might be. like They have lost four games like this now, Kansas City. Green Bay was the one earlier. I couldn't remember. But they, the loss to Detroit was like this. They needed a play at the end, didn't get it. Same with Philadelphia, same with Green Bay, kind of. They were down eight against the Packers, and then and then last night. And part of that is what? What would we say? Their margin for error is smaller. Yeah. Like, if they're scoring 17, 20 points a week, you know, more likely are they to be in these situations where they have to score late. And, you know, previous Chiefs teams have had it easier. So, um, yeah, it's probably a pretty stressful scene. Yeah, and, and they're going through this a lot of what we've talked about with the Bills, right, with these one-score games and people questioning what's going on there. I'll say this, though, guys. Like, that's a tough matchup for the Bills. Like, that defense, they have the right parts to match up against the Bills. They can play man-to-man. They can play zone. Um, the Bills don't have great man-to-man beaters necessarily. Really nice play by Deontay Hardy to, on his on his catch, by the way. That's a guy made a play. But the other thing is they're fast. And Willie Gay was used as a spy. I thought that they got home with three and even four guys. They didn't have to blitz. That's why the Bills struggled to really kind of throw the ball downfield. Josh had to kind of check it down a lot. And, you know, when Josh scrambled, there wasn't a lot of room for him to run. He had a few runs, but Willie Gay was there, and he's fast. That's a, that's a tough matchup for the Bills offense. Sal, thanks. We'll talk to you again later in the week. You got it, guys. There's Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. His appearance is brought to you by New York's only outlet, Liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? We didn't get to injuries with Sal, but A.J. Epinesa, Micah Hyde, each week to week, so would seem unlikely for Dallas on Sunday, Dalton Kincaid day to day, maybe he'll be good. Bad matchup. Well, it is Kansas City. Would you take Bills six, uh, six seed, Chiefs three seed right now? Yes. Yes. How much better are we likely to do? Not much better. You're in, and you're going to play somebody good anyway. So, I bet yeah, Kansas, Kansas City and- wouldn't. I would think not, yeah. Um, I mean, as good as as you can feel about the playoff machine and if they go 3-1 and and the loss is against Dallas and it's 80% or whatever, like you give me almost any scenario where the Bills are in and I'm going to say yes. Let me think of one that you wouldn't. Because I just don't, you know, it's still, they have to do a lot still to get there and it's been a weird season, and they've lost games that we don't think they really should have lost, like even as the games were unfolding. Um, it's some closer wins than you would have liked against Tampa and the Giants. I, I'm not taking anything for granted, even even with Easton Stick maybe playing quarterback in a couple of weeks against the Bills when they go to L.A. to play the Chargers. You give me a scenario where they're in, and I'm gonna, I think I'm going to say yes. I've had an Easton Stick. We all have. We all have, right, growing up playing hockey? When I played hockey as a kid, uh, we used wood, Mike. But um, eventually, when I was an adult, I, I had an Easton. First, I had one where you put the you could change the blade out, uh, just mm-hmm. an Easton shaft, and uh, and replaceable blades. And then I I had I think I still have a one piece composite Easton stick in the basement. How about that? You have an Easton stick, and so do the Chargers. Yeah. I don't know anything about this player. I wonder if there's any connection to hockey when they named him. Stick. You could do a lot of things with 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 the last name yeah. of Stick. Some pejorative, mm-hmm. many hilarious, per- perhaps. Yeah, Justin Herbert out. 
Chargers and Raiders is Thursday night. Josh Jacobs got hurt for the Raiders yesterday, too. He didn't participate. It might, might have been a fake practice, but he was, that, list, he was listed as virtually not there Okay, or something. That, that was 3 nothing final, and was the kick on the final play of the game? No, okay. uh, but pretty late. It was late. Okay, I just didn't. I didn't pay enough attention to know if it was like the game-winning kick with the clock expired. But no. But it was. It was pretty exciting there for a minute to think that we might get a zero-zero. Yeah. Game. Matthew was there. I was texting Matt Collar in the mm-hmm. during the game. Like, are you at this thing? And he said something like, uh, "It's the Roscoe Parish Bills Browns game, but indoors and somehow worse." <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, you know, keep the ticket stub. Has the show ever sounded older than when I <laughs> re- suggested that Matt Collar keep the ticket stub from that beauty of a game yesterday? We'll take a break and look for your calls again next. We've got until 6, and then Paul Hamilton and the Sabres pregame show, Buffalo hosting Arizona tonight before they go out west. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here. It is Buffalo Bills Football Monday, which is brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. Back to pass, and pressure coming, throws it deep down the middle of the field, it falls incomplete! Turnover on downs! Buffalo football with 55 seconds remaining! Hi. That was interesting. Yep. Hi. Yeah, I think I'm told uh, WGR has learned that I think we're we're back and fine. We're we're back and fine. Okay, good. Zach has been going to work in there, getting us back up, and so thank you to him and everybody who I if I'm listening to the radio and the station goes dark, I'm just I cannot turn it off. I have to know how it ends. Right. I I think it's actually a very underused strategy in our business to just turn it off because how is this going to end? Are they ever coming back? Is it good? Are we going to get the, the hockey game? I would just be constantly, yeah, you know, yeah. you give up after a certain amount of time. You come right back. Are they back yet? What happened? This happened to me. Exactly that happened to me on some some Saturday recently. There there was mysteriously like just that happened, and I sat in my truck for ten minutes, and then yeah. I then I, te- then I texted our boss. It's so, it's. <laughs> It's it's a dangerous move. Not everybody would do it. You don't right. see stations, right. you know, opting for dead air too <laughs> no. often. At least that's been my experience. Most uh, managers don't seem to think it's a great yeah. a great strategy. So um, we'll talk for a couple minutes here. Then we got to get back out and get things set up with Paul and, and the pregame show. Sabers in Arizona tonight. Brett Murray called up from Rochester. Roseanne goes back. We'll talk to Paul about that move and the. Uh, the Sabres, who lost Saturday night at home to Montreal in a shootout. Uh, ugh. Playoff odds. New York Times playoff odds. You haven't spent a lot of time on this today. It's been more of a what happened on that penalty kind of day in terms of our discussions. The Bills are at about 42%. Use that New York Times site. It'll vary. Like They're running whatever it is, maybe 10,000 simulations or something like that. And if you just do it right back over again, you can often get a different number. It'll be fairly close. Mm-hmm. So 42%, like three in seven simulations have the Bills making it. And that is 
almost exactly where two other AFC teams come in, Indianapolis and Houston. Houston might be in trouble now. They lost Dell last week, who was a star. They lost Collins yesterday, who re-aggravated a calf injury. And I don't know, that's probably, he's probably missing a game or more. And we don't know about C.J. Stroud. That was a pretty tough hit and play to watch. Yeah, yeah hit the back of his head on the turf. Yeah. yeah. Quinnen Williams, I think it was. And plus they gave up 30 points to Zach Wilson and the Jets. Like I said last week about Houston, it's not like they've dominated. You know, they're a good story. Right. But they've just you know, they've gotten along and gotten to seven and five now seven and six, and Indianapolis not a great day there either. They were lucky, I thought, to stay as close as they did to Cincinnati with that sort of random pick six play that they got, like just a lucky bounce. You know. So. Um, and there was some chatter during that game. I must have just been, maybe red zone dipped in at the right time. I think the announcers observed Minshew looked. Like he got concussed. Yes, yes. And nothing and nothing ever was done about it. Was that James Lofton? I believe it was. He definitely heard him on a game yesterday, so maybe that was it. I like Lofton. I like Lofton, and they had they had Jay Feely in that booth too. I think they had three guys, and he pointed that out, didn't he? That was on Red Zone. It must have been for me to see it, mm-hmm. for us to see it. He pointed yeah. that out. I'm I'm surprised they haven't taken him off the field. Yeah. Well, not great teams, the Colts and the Texans, but. You know the schedules the, are are not bad for them. It's the company that's the company the Bills are keeping here right now. <laughs> Colts favored at home against Pittsburgh. One of them will probably win. That's what usually happens. Yeah. Both in the mix. Houston is at Tennessee, which plays tonight. Tennessee a small favorite early in the week here for that game. The Bengals are favored at home. The Browns are favored at home. Denver goes to Detroit. Denver's at fifty percent, a little bit above these teams in the odds. Cleveland's well above at eighty five. And, and Cincinnati's in great below. Shape. Cleveland's got the best conference record of the bunch. I mean, they've got the best record of the bunch, so you might guess that they have the best conference. doesn't have to be, but they do. And so, yeah, I, I sort of feel like, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say, like, I can't catch them. They're a game ahead of the Bills, uh, you know, so m- maybe. And they've got Joe Flacco playing quarterback, for crying out loud. Oh, you know, Bill Baby. So, <laughs> not, Bill but they, they keep finding a way. They have the, the Bears at home this week. Bears are a little feisty. But Cleveland is favored there. They they go to Houston, still on their schedule. They have the Bengals again, and they have one more that I don't think is too daunting, Cleveland. But I forget right now. We'll have to look that up another time. Paul Hamilton joins for the start of pregame coverage. Sabres and Coyotes downtown tonight. That's next. Mike Shope and the Bulldog WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.